Hello, and welcome to the Keen on Things podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Keen, with the best 30 minutes of sleep in show business. And show business is putting it nicely. You know, I have no idea what that is anymore. Uh, is is it a YouTuber making a million a year? You know, is it a, is a YouTuber making a million a year bigger than a star in show business? Like, are they more in show business than someone making $100,000 a year as an actor, a musician? These are important questions, guys. What an uncertain age we're in. Uh, if you can hear noise, it's because I'm in Austin, Texas, and it's summertime, and I'm in a hotel, and frickin' places in Arizona, Texas, California, what they have in common in the summer is crank up the air condition no matter what. Even though you start free, and it's like, all you need is it is for it to be substantially cooler than it is outside you don't need to make it cold inside to counter hot outside just make it cooler than it is outside but these places overdo it i can't turn this goddamn air conditioner off i've tried to turn it off power zero uh change all the settings drop or uh, raise the temperature to like 75 and this thing just keeps cranking so we're going to deal with it and see how it sounds which is fantastic i love recording a full episode and then uh upon editing it seeing um this this absolute distraction um back to show business guys uh so much of what's been considered show business what we grew up on i'm 49 for a little bit longer a few more hours um is out the door right it's all been undone not all a lot of it's been undone um i think a good byproduct of covey covid uh has been the shaking off of like useless celebrities you know it's really like exposed you know people that were more oh we knew about them because they were wild cards their opinions and whatnot and if you were a real actor performer whatever the periphery i think has been removed a little bit the the periphery of unimportant celebs i hope so uh which is healthy right the shows the networks they're already so out of touch it's either overly woke on one side or it's too cookie cutter dated multi-cam dying death on the big three networks um seinfeld show has never been bigger it's just like is anybody willing to give a good show a chance a cerebral intellectual show a chance i saw a meme that was like if friends were made today and it was six gorgeous prototype people uh and it wouldn't even matter if it's funny or not, right? The good side of this, uh, of it being so glaringly bad from both ends of the spectrum, is that there's a great hunger and thirst for stand-up comedy. And it's fantastic. Uh, com- comedians can tell. Crowds want all kinds, right? Edgy, clean, whatever. But they want stand-up because it's so real. Even the fake fluff is real. It's a real experience. It's a human being on stage. Um, you want to go see Fluffy, Gabriel Iglesias? It's fantastic because it's a human being doing real stuff about themselves. Um, not this like layered TV crap. They've gotten so far away from what's real. Um, independent films are, are still pretty legit. Uh, oh, the one difference I find is as great as these audiences currently are coming out of Covey, they're not as vocal in their laughter, but my God, they're listening and they're into it. They're present, they're showing up. It's pretty sweet. 
Uh, I've got the uh, Sunday night football game on the ba- on in the background. It's uh, Tampa and Dallas, and Dallas just wants them just wants Tampa to win this game. Uh, they're just kind of trying to give it to each other, which means Tom Brady will take it with a smile on his face. Um, Louis C.K. I opened for him in Phoenix like two, three months ago, maybe three or four months ago. He talks about as a comic, you're not in show business. You've got to get out of the mindset of the red carpet celebrity shit. Um, Because the comic comments on all that stuff. They're not part of that stuff. Don't gear your material toward it fitting in with already established showbiz. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Now, in my opinion, my limited opinion, the comic has a foot in both. Right? Even the hardest core comedians are in show business. Chris Rock, Jerry Seinfeld... Chappelle all have a, f- a foot in. They still got their launch out of the mainstream, right? Chappelle was in movies. He was on TV. He was in a Mel Brooks movie, for crying out loud. Um, Seinfeld Rock. You know, they got their start through the already... Louis C.K. is the only purist of all those. You know, he, he's, he's, he's pretty pure. I mean, he wrote, I think, for the Chris Rock show, and I think he, I think he helped write Pootie Tang, but... For the most part, it's stand-up that got him through. Uh, Jim Gaffigan got it got it through stand-up. All those other things are peripheral, and he's great at them. But it was it was stand-up, man. It was a New York background. Um, Joe Rogan more on the side of like Rock, Seinfeld, Chappelle, stuff like that. Um, some of the female comics that are big. Who is it? Uh, Amy Schumer definitely got her thing through stand-up. I think I would think. I know she had a show, but that kind of came after. Um, who are some other big ones? Oh, we'll get to Chelsea later. But uh, Chelsea kind of was on some shows. Yeah, she was on some shows. So she did it the L.A. way. It seems like um, Amy Schumer did it the New York way. There's no one way. Okay. Um, phenomenal. Fantastic. So interesting. I can't believe I haven't talked about sports yet, even though I am watching a game. In the, it's on in the background. I'm not watching it. Uh... So anyway, all this is prologue to, let's see, we're six minutes in. This is all prologue to the difference between a celebrity talking politics and a comedian talking politics. I'm sure that I've done an entire episode or sodes on this topic. Why comics are absolutely encouraged, allowed, and should be listened to when discussing politics as opposed to a celebrity who's in L.A. or New York exclusively, except when they're gone for six weeks on a shoot in Mexico where they're pandered to um, for the most part. And you don't really realize that you're in Eastern Europe or Central America shooting because it's pretty much like, uh, you know, an American way of life, production, whatever. Um, Nobody addresses, when talking about stand-up comics, nobody addresses a more diverse audience like a comedian does. Um, I'll even say nobody addresses a more diverse audience than an unknown comedian does. An unknown comic, someone who's uh, up and coming, has to even deal with more diversity because there's no following. There's no fan base. They haven't kind of um, centralized. They haven't uh, formed a following. They haven't found each other, congregated toward each other. Once a comic's big, Bill Burr, whomever, huge... Um, who also came up through stand-up. Bill Burr's stand-up. So he's he's like uh, Louis C.K. and stuff like that. Um, so while you're still getting your feet wet for 20, 30 years, 
sometimes a lot less you're dealing with such diversity in your audiences once a comic is big they have their own following they can feed that following they can grandstand a little bit the unknown comic has to keep dealing with crowds you don't know where they're all coming from where their allegiance is what their age is what their socioeconomic status is what their race is but comics are good to listen to on politics they travel to every market across every type of audience uh, at different times of day and night they have to play radio in the early morning they have to back up their statements they have to play for every age every socioeconomic group in every part of the country at all times of year right and they have to make money from those people they have to kind of get people interested they have to tickle their 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 funny bone so they have to get into the psyche of these people comics should be listened to you know some of these celebrities um you know in la or new york it's like being born and raised um in orange county you don't have to go away to college then you get into real estate land development in san diego there's nothing to it um so somebody who is in show business that's that that covers that that's comics and politics now somebody who is in show business a little company called script pipeline yeah oh yeah i'll do an ad i'll do an ad nine minutes in a third of the way in script pipeline okay had they had this freaking thing around in 99 and 2000, I never would have had to leave Korea and could have lived there and just been happy. I, I, I just assume I'd be happy. Come on. Um, I'd be learning languages. I'd be writing part of the day, teaching some of the day, and I'd never have to step a foot in Hollywood. Okay, and I could still do that. So what are you complaining about? Script Pipeline, which is a perfect word. I love Pipeline. I'm trying to get one going between the University of Texas and my alma mater high school. But University of Texas, man, they like to keep it local and locked down. Um, it's like the Jewish religion. They don't want any converts. They're like, we're good. Uh, who knows? That could be wildly inaccurate. Script Pipeline discovers, guys. It discovers like Columbus. You know how the Americans are like, God, I wish we were discovered. These Native Americans are like, I wish someone would discover us and find us and take this land and resources from us. Script Pipeline discovers, develops, promotes film and TV writers, helping them get repped and connected with the industry, showbiz industry. It's not the textile industry. <laughs> um, when you submit a script for coverage to this company, you will get coverage, reading notes by good sources, uh, possible leads to representation. They give great notes, guys. Great strategic advice, but which in this town and business are just as important as, as one as the other. Uh, it's so there's so much love they have their finger on the pulse of the current climate in this topsy-turvy industry known as show business Hollywood uh, they also have competition script pipeline does finalists not only the winners but finalists if there's a top four or top five they have their work looked at by people in the business don't you hate it when it's like you're watching a show these reality shows or whatever which I don't watch but there's these contests where there's like two or three great people but no but the only the winner will benefit from this well the winner can get the trophy and the top money prize kitty but let's look at two three four of the top people you know more than just not just the heisman trophy winner gets to go to the pros all right the top five ten twenty they get to go and then work and get uh, analyzed by a different criteria 
Okay, so Script Pipeline does the same. Finalists, not only winners, finalists, they have their work looked at by people in the business, agents, managers, development execs, writers, producers, all in touch with this company. They're dialed. They help you get exposure, secure deals, acquire representation, sell projects, establish relationships, the most important thing in any business and what I find, um, you know, all the money I've made. So get connected. Script Pipeline is joined by Film Pipeline. Round. Uh, book pipeline and pipeline artists which is a new platform to educate and inspire emerging creatives they're branching out they are the link don't need to move to hollywood to follow this dream it's the best of both worlds my god can you imagine if this existed in your whatever your specific little industry is chase your dream and do it from home scriptpipeline.com okay guys um how long did that was that a okay that was about a three minute ad that's a tenth of the show so am i insane probably have to cut that in half um where I'm okay I'm 50 in like five seconds I'm 50 in two weeks and I think I'm ready I've spent some time with it uh I'm okay with it I've got plans beyond it like to stay fit to stay young to stay relevant to to, to do what you love um you know it, it's a big number you can say age doesn't matter but those those numbers they are landmarks and that 5-0 is the biggest. I had no problem at 30 and 40. I, I blew through 30 and 40, no problem. Was living in L.A. Um, but this one, 50, is hanging in the air and has really been a wake-up call. Uh, and I don't know what that means entirely, except for the first time it's been like, okay, you can't keep being a dipshit anymore. Silly and childish, childish for some reason, for me, was okay in my 40s. Um, I think maybe because living in L.A., Hollywood, where people are children for life, even though they're also incredible minds and artists, um, I was surrounded by them. Um, being 50 in a suburb is like, okay, I really, it's really glaring. And if I use that word 17 times, um, moving to a more residential area has been a good wake-up call. Like, oh, you need to step up. Not all of it. Don't over-adjust, but some. It's really gross when a guy in his late 40s and, early, and into 50 is bouncing around with no direction, home, uh, apartment to apartment. I've been um, really weirdly able to see from women's perspective since moving to the suburbs of South Orange County, even though I'm from here. You can't just um, take the stage and meet people from there like you could on the road or in LA. You kind of can, but, but I will say without direction hitting 50 would be really bad uh you know it's one thing not to have a, a house or some real estate or, or or a pension or some things but i have direction is it the right direction has it been the right direction over the last 20 years not necessarily but it's been a direction and you learn from that you get better um you know it's all a good thing people see the effort plenty of women nowadays are financially stable on their own and just want the companionship that's good right so you don't have to be but you still want to be industrious right um you still need to be growing at all times uh seeing selfish and childish grown men is pathetic and it really stands out now no matter the money they make or the cars they drive or the houses they live in or the it's just so gross when there's infidelity and <coughs> not connection and nothing behind the eyes it's all about taking accountability i think so 50 has been a wake-up call but at the same time it's not a big deal it's a nice soft reminder it's a soft reminder like hey you know we honing it in here 
um, it is weird to have to delay results. You know, you got a lot of friends that have done well in college, through college, right out of college, did great in their 20s, 30s, and 40s. Okay, so I might be 30 years behind, three decades. Stay healthy so you can live long enough to enjoy all these learning experiences. Cut to me in 10 drinks, 10, like in a few weeks, depressed after 10 drinks, saying it's a hard reminder instead of a soft reminder. For now, I'll say it's a soft reminder. Um, ultimately, be happy for existence. We get a shot at this life. Stop looking at yourself in the mirror, wondering what the hell you're going to do with a face like that, and start not looking yourself in the mirror and being like, I'm here, I'm going to enjoy this human form for however long, uh, help people. I get off from helping people, making lives better. A lot of people know I get off from, like, I'm in Austin right now, picking up trash here and there, um, you know, hey, smiling at people. Uh, you know, people assume, oh, this guy, what? And then you're like, hey, man, holding the door for people. Just making making people's moments better. I live for that. Uh, I had an Uber driver today, guy from Africa, from complete poverty, drove me. Blaring his music, couldn't be happier. Hey, man, you have to enjoy it. It's not Jamaican. I don't know why I just jumped to Jamaica. I'm not even going to try Africa, but that's kind of like, you have to be happy. You know, I, what am I doing? All right. So, and I'm like, yeah, this guy's great. I was in a good mood. He's in a good mood. We're driving. He's blaring his music. We can't even hear each other. Maybe that's why we enjoyed, maybe that's why we enjoyed ourselves. The music was too loud for us to share conversation because men don't talk anyway and it's like here's two guys talking let me turn up the music so we can't hear we'll like each other even more uh got to do an la set this week we have a lot to get through here where are we uh, we're more than halfway uh i got to do an la set this week for the first time in i think two years possibly 18 months went really well probably because i didn't need it i didn't need the crowd to like me i didn't need the la audience to be behind me i could come in uh LA wasn't my everything. I could do my set my way, and uh, it was great. It was, you know, goofy comedy. Uh, incongruent is how a girl described me years ago, and she liked it, the comedy. And uh, I always liked that word, incongruent. I thought that described my entire existence, really. But uh, it was a great show run by a great girl, Maria Brugere. Uh She knocks it out of the park, man. Fanatic Salon. I really like the name of that. It's called Fanatic Salon. I like the font. On their website, it's in West LA on Sawtell and Venice, Kitty Corner to the Fat Burger. Uh, I'm sure you'll go. Just a great lineup. Got to be silly. Um, didn't have to spoon feed an audience. Good mix of pros and soon to be pros. Don't know which one I am, but it was a long drive up, quick drive home. Used to be quicker, but they're doing freeway construction every damn night now. How necessary is that? I don't know. Is it just spending so they can ask for the same amount of money next year in the budget? It's like, do you need to bring bring five lanes down to one? Can you maybe keep it at two? Do you need the detour off the freeway? You have to close all five lanes for five miles? I don't think so. I, I don't believe that's necessary. I really believe they don't care about the people and they're just doing it for themselves. I, I just, I don't buy it. Um, can we start it at midnight or 1 a.m. and not 11 p.m. or 10 p.m. when they start? You're in traffic at 11 p.m. going home in an area that had no concert or sporting event or gathering of any form um i'm just not convinced on that it just seems like an f you to the people but it was a fun show got to see earl skagel bobby miyamoto and some others uh the next night i go to the irvine improv to drop in last minute on chris frangiola just wanted to watch his show in irvine he, you know bat my backyard see him afterward well i got to do more than just see him he threw me up 
that's right he, he digested me and then barfed me out no he threw me up he let me do a set on stage and the club had me do even more stage time than i thought then they paid me i just went there to watch and i got stage time i got more stage time and i got paid and it was like the omd song you know that song i was only dreaming i was only trying to catch your eye i was only wishing you would notice me instead you said goodbye what i'd love that song i don't know what omd stands for i think is that i, I think they have one more that i know um but uh, i always love that song um omd and it doesn't stand for oh my devil instead of oh my god it's uh i was only dreaming but i love that song it's in my head now and uh yeah but you remember the word orchestra in there okay david Bandmiller is the only reason i know that song that's the whole reason i know i wouldn't even know that song um david Bandmiller was in my grade school he shared his music wis- wisdom with everyone in the class um I think I remember asking what OMD meant, what stood for. I was told what it stood for, and I remember thinking, okay, I'm just always going to say OMD. Uh, David Bandmiller is the reason, a big reason, I went to Santa Margarita. All the boys in our class in eighth grade at St. Catharines in 1986 were playing Too Cool for School. We're not going to the new SM school in the desert. Lame. Inland? Lame. We're all going to Servite or Modern Day, just like our older siblings. Maybe some capo people. David Bandmiller, who was not only well-versed in music, but a three-sport star stud. Okay, Football, soccer, baseball. Athletic, aggressive, uh, smart, and great competitive mind. A, a perfect what you'd want as a coach. You're like, I want this guy. This guy can pass any test. He works hard. He's athletic. He's strong. He's tough. And he's a team player. He would have lettered and started in all three sports had he come to SM. Football, soccer, baseball. No question. Um, wherever he went in Texas, he I don't know, he's probably made varsity in all three by his sophomore year, if not freshman. Uh, he would have been a captain had he come to our school in more than one of those sports. Uh, he came back in 1986-87. He came back from the first information night on this new high school with guns ablazing. He was just like, you guys got to see the school they're building um, in uh, Rancho Santa Margarita. It's top of the line. Everything's new. Colors are blue and gold. They're going to be the Eagles. We'd heard Eagles. We'd heard the new mascot for the new school was going to be Eagles, but we thought we'd heard green and silver. We'd heard the coach was an Eagles fan from Philly, which turned out to be true. But we were happy that it was blue and gold instead of green and silver. Um, there was talk it would be called Bishop Johnson Memorial. Instead, they called it Santa Margarita. Uh, anyway, I don't know why David went and none of us uh, did. Because there were information nights that su- succeeded that, which we all went to. I feel like he went to a privileged showing or something of the campus. But it was his enthusiasm and also my father's unwillingness to drive an hour north that sent me to Santa Margarita. But it was david's enthusiasm that made me want to go there whereas my dad was making i was going wherever he said you know um and all my friends went but david's enthusiasm made it enjoyable we were eager summer of eighth grade hits david ben miller's dad gets a job transfer they move to dallas brutal he doesn't get to go to santa margarita (laughs) usa air usa air or something um bodell will know 
But David Malmer is great. He went to Santa Clara for baseball. He lives in Houston. Amazing dude. He was actually in Austin this weekend. I didn't get to see him. We didn't connect until after the game because we saw each other on social media. Um, I would see that SM enthusiasm again, not only from fellow students that first year of that school, but I saw the enthusiasm in a certain kid transferring in who uh, came his our sophomore year first day of school i met him in our math class and he was so enthused and i was like wow this is like david from grade school that guy is now our current school president so what do you think about that um weirdly those two would have met they almost knew each other had uh at santa clara that almost happened had things unfolded differently but that was an entirely different uh that'd be an entirely different episode they almost they almost would have met i think uh yeah david played baseball there okay anyway Wow, long digression. It was good to see Chris Frangiola. He was head writer on Chelsea Lately forever. Okay, Chelsea Lately aired every single night. Um, Chris is calm, he's cool, he's collected, he's a voice of reason uh, among a ton of crazy comedy showbiz energy. You talk about holding it down, okay? Chelsea picked the perfect right-hand man, perfect just a huge sign of intelligence out of her it's like parcells picking belichick man chelsea picked frangiola great guy fun not a woman hating loud male comic he's not crass for crass sake nothing wrong with being crass if it's funny if it's clever it's delivering some twist of your mind and perspective opening your 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 paradigm a little bit chris is fun on stage and off he's just the right amount of angst he's a new yorker um, he was just happy to be out of out in LA. He was one of those guys. I'm happy to be here. I win already, right? Good for him. For me, be, just being in LA was never enough. I grew up in Orange County, an hour south. Being there for me was like uh, this is just a way to get something else. Like Jeff Jenna says, LA is the one city you move to so you can work hard enough, make enough money to get out of. Um, but he was one of those East Coast guys. Look, I like the weather. I made it out. I won. Uh, he was tending bar. He was doing local shows in LA. He wasn't even doing the road for minimal pay. He was just a bartender and doing open mics. Runs into Chelsea one night at the Improv. Um, she says she's working on a project. Would he like to help? He does. They they make the the pilot episode. They shoot it, all that stuff. They 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 edit it. They go out. They sell it. It gets through season one. It gets picked up for more seasons. She makes him head writer. That show ran for what a decade, and Chelsea lately launched more current comics than any other show in the last i'll say 20 years it launched more stand-up comedian careers joe rogan's close now joe rogan's close he's probably launched five to seven maybe four maybe four to six i don't know but chelsea chelsea lately uh that show launched i'm gonna say 12 12 comics careers some big names some lesser more than tonight show more than uh daily show more than snl um you know chris was around he was hanging around they knew each other from open mics he had nothing to lose um chelsea was in the show girls behaving badly i think that was mtv i think kira soltanovich was in that uh there's two others i don't know their names and she was riding that momentum looking to get capture the next piece of magic and they made it happen chris is a great guy he's humble i don't even know i didn't even know i was going to see his show until that night and we texted i went over got stage time got paid man that's so nice okay um we're wrapping up we got about uh okay perfect we're flying 
I'm not on any drug. Uh, I'm I'm doing the show from Austin. Austin's great. It's an amazing city. I love coming here um, because every time I've come here, you get something out of it. You shoot. You have friends. It's different when you can see a city with some cradling going on. Uh, we wrap today on production and filming. Even though it never wraps, there's always little inserts you can do, but we got the footage we need to move forward. Uh, and now we finally begin the process of the edit, which is long. And it's we got six hours of material. needs to be whittled down to 30 minutes. Um, it's exciting. I'm a little nervous. Eric, my partner in crime, he's really excited that now it's all in-house and we can do all the fun stuff. I'm a little anxious, but now we can add the bells and whistles right from a little editing room. We don't have to go out and get permission for a location, get the characters together, get the lighting right, get the positioning, get all the, the moving parts. There's a lot less moving parts now, right? It's all at our fingertips. It's a good place to be. Um, maybe that it's coming to fruition, so you have a little anxiety. I will probably have two more trips here which I don't mind doing. It's a three-hour flight from Orange County, so it's all good. But it will probably take two to three more. My goal is to have this ready by next summer, next fall, which we should have. It should be okay. Uh, this weekend was crazy. University of Texas, frickin', are you kidding? They played their heart out. Um, they almost beat Alabama. Alabama took like a last-minute field goal coming down the field for them to win with like 10 or 12 seconds left. They won by one point. This place would have gone off. We were there. Um, it was insane. I was proud. But I selfishly, I was happy either way. We got work done, and I was exhausted by the time the tailgating was over and the game was over, and we still had to shoot stuff anyway uh, yesterday afternoon and today. Um so it's been an amazing learning process this whole even if we don't get anything out of this the learning from taking on an ambitious process and coming out with something is invaluable it's rewarding it's exhausting and you feel like whatever comes next will be no problem because you're like i am failing in front of people in public and you just brush it off you become bulletproof and uh you enjoy it okay uh we're at 30 right now literally and let me just talk about 9-11 for a second, right? You got to. Um, anyway, so that's a wrap on Austin. Love it. Try to encourage people to uh, visit. All right, 9-11. Um, I really hope, God, we're 21 years. I really hope we're honoring those we lost the right way. I think we are. And is there a wrong way, you know? Um, just not making it too commercial. That's what you, you know. Uh, I hope we're taking steps toward understanding what led us into that. What led other people to want to do that to other people? You know, why did they do that? What caused that? And not just have like a knee-jerk reaction of, oh, it's this, it's that. And we just have to solve that. It's like, let's look deeper. Um, I can't watch any videos. I know they show them. And, and these networks, they want to tap on your emotions and try to get you teary-eyed and... and, and uh, you know angry and stuff like that I, I just don't need to be reminded because i've never forgotten right it's not like that wore off and it shouldn't wear off with any of us those images um are there close to my uh cerebral i don't know to my brain the front of my mind they're there forever you know uh just i don't need to be like oh remember oh let me let me look back and dig it up no it's right there man imagining what's happening on those planes as they're going 
down or into buildings or in, into uh, the ground. You know, just surreal. A place hits your building, a plane hits your building underneath you and engulfs the floor in flames. There's no escape downward. People in such dire straits, in complete shock of what's going on, and in the moment, not having time to process their lives and what's happening, not having time to go, wait, what? And have an hour. You got 15 minutes. I don't know what the time lapse is. You, you don't have time or an opportunity to call family uh, or even think about them in a way. You're just acting out of immediate survival, jumping to their death. You know, firefighters and cops just having to watch and listen to bodies fall and land, right? Trying to make sense of it, running into buildings to do something, even if it means their life. They don't know what they're running into, but they're running into, like, can I save one life? Can I get one answer of what's going on and bring some information back and, and get word out, right, to the greater community what's going on in there? Is there a chance? Um, zero percent even if there's a one percent chance i will put my life on the line for a a, a one like if i can get a glimpse of of somebody like who's banned who's beat up or or broken bodied drag them out of there even if it means my own life those first responders wanting answers right like they couldn't just stand there they got to go see if something can be done even if it means their life um you know they run in there they're trying to get to the bottom of it trying to get an answer to help one life or two, you know, and so many didn't make it back. So many, two decades ago. Uh, the trumpet player for the Sunday night uh, football was unreal, of course. That was great. So that was a good tribute. I didn't see any other tributes during the day. Um, we were kind of busy shooting. Okay, we're at 33. Um, so, yeah, so we hopefully we move on uh, and move on. Moving on doesn't need to mean forgetting. Moving on never ne- needs to, to mean forgetting. I think that that people might think that that's moving on means it's no not at all okay um all right so this week tuesday night san juan capistrano show patty station friday night in arizona cruise ship possibility in alaska this week that i'm awaiting that's that's going to be it's so stressful waiting because that's going to wipe out all work because it's just so much money i can't turn it down and that that will mean canceling gigs that will mean telling people that will mean um hurting some feelings that will mean risking relationships um for other gigs like this freaking air dryer still going um but i can't cancel until i hear back it's messy man it's messy and you need a manager to bring focus and be like okay you're doing this gig you're doing this gig this is long term better even though it's less money when you don't have it you're just it's your grab bag and uh you want one conduit who can handle all this um, so that the focus can be on the writing and performing, not the outs- extra outside issues. Um, so thank you very much for listening. I hope that was something. I hope it was something. Sure, it was something. I hope the air conditioner didn't ruin all the sound. Um, okay, keen on things, the podcast, subscribe. You'll know about it right away when it get, comes out, Sunday nights most of the time, hopefully. And then uh, keen of comedy on all social media platforms. Thanks so much for listening. I love you. Be in touch.